This is Inside LAFC. I am Max. Thanks for joining us. As always, rate, review, and subscribe. Very special guest today as we will speak with one half of Tears for Fears, Kurt Smith. And why is he on the Inside LAFC podcast? Well, he is a LAFC member, an LAFC supporter. I see him at the games all the time. I've been bugging him to come on our podcast, and he finally has. We'll also talk about Manchester United, the sport in this country, and what's going to happen with the music industry because the music industry, like sports, in the same boat in this pandemic and really handcuffed because they cannot perform in front of audiences. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and I think I covered most of it. This is post-LAFC Portland, which ended 1-1. Frustrating for LAFC not to get the victory. They played much better than the Timbers. This is a game, and maybe it sounds like a broken record a little bit. This is a game they should have won three or four to one. Uh, they were that good. The, the And I'm sure you've also seen this. The miss by Brian Rodriguez, which is a great shot. Keeper saved it. Counterattack. Portland ties it to get the result. What it all means is LAFC goes from fifth through to seventh in the Western Conference. And this getting a home game in the postseason, if they win, they weren't going to finish fourth, so they weren't going to get that. They couldn't have finished it on Sunday, decision day. Means a home game even more unlikely. So if they get to MLS Cup, it'll be on the road. Maybe there's a Western Conference final between number seven LAFC and number eight San Jose Earthquakes, but should be really interesting because... There's a lot going on ahead. We have the international breaks. As it stands, LAFC may not have up to four of their key players, three of which are pretty regular starters. Uh, Two, three? Yeah, because two are regular starters, and the other two, the two Ecuadorians, Chiki and Sifu, both start uh, pretty regularly. So let's say three and a half. We will wait and see. The game is going to be uh, Thanksgiving week on the 24th, so we have a lot of time together. Before that, and they will play at Seattle, 7.30. Uh, Is it on FS1? I believe so. I'll double check that. I should have done that before I got on the air. But we'll all be together for that. We have some time to get ready. And Carlos Vela, the latest from the game, much better. He looks explosive. He played the full 90 minutes. He looked tired at the end. But I think even if he's tired, and I know Stu Holden in the broadcast says maybe pull him out in the 70th minute, maybe that's the right time. That's why this last result, because of your position, give him the 90 minutes, let him get his lungs fill of air, and then you have him for the next game. That's a game changer. I have spoken to a few people covering Major League Soccer, and I can tell you they have all told me that they don't want to play LAFC and they feel they have a run in them. It could be an issue of timing. I think the back four, if we see Eddie Segura at right back, I thought that was a real nice move because he is skillful with his feet. He can get up and he's a big physical defender. It all depends on, I thought Tristan and uh, Moody, Jesus Murillo look good. So the back four and the goalkeeping, uh, Vermeer look good as well. So that's going to be, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I, I'm confident with that group. There's enough to be happy for, and maybe we get some good news with uh, Diego and Brian coming around uh, ahead of the 24th. So here we are a couple weeks before we start, about 10 days before. For us, it's two weeks before the playoffs. So let's get to it. Let's fire it up. We're in the fall. I'm going to take a little pause here. Coming up next, long-awaited from Tears for Fears, Kurt Smith to talk about sports, soccer, music, and being a fan.
Welcome back to Inside LAFC. Uh, thrilled to join not only uh, a man who I enjoy tremendously musically, and many of you do as well, but a guy who I can say is an LAFC supporter, an LAFC member. I wouldn't say one half of Tears for Fears uh, as I joined by Kurt Smith, because I know when I've seen you in concert, you're very welcoming to the, your entire band and you want to, whoever that's playing for Tears for Fears is part of that. But as part of Tears for Fears, we welcome Kurt Smith. Thanks. Yes, I guess technically I'm 50%. I mean, the, the, the Tears for Fears itself is just two of us, but we do have a whole supporting entourage of musicians that are wonderful, that kind of are like our family, basically. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's been a big part of my life. And uh, I, I, I know we've been talking about getting together to do something and we wanted to make it football. I'll ask you a couple of things about music as it comes organically here. But, you know, I caught here that you were becoming a, you were a member you, for LAFC. So you were from the beginning, day one. I was LAFC. A, a band member. Yeah, band member. Um, I mean, I, I can say this because it's you, Max, but, you know, I was a, I was a, a L.A. Galaxy, you know, season ticket holder for I guess nine years or whatever, but then as soon as LAFC was announced and it's in LA and, you know, obviously, as you know, but maybe your audience don't, I live in LA and have lived here for 20 years. My kids were born here. So um, yeah, as soon as I knew there was a team that was going to be in LA and not effectively Orange County, then uh, <laughs> I, I became, I became a, a founder member and have been a season ticket holder from the first day. I, look, I tell a lot of our supporters and they know it because it's out there. I worked for the Galaxy. I was their broadcaster and, uh, I, and I'm thankful for the time uh, I spent with them. And I would say what they have done has opened the doors for LAFC, but LAFC has, you know, mastered it with everything they do. So you obviously saw in LA uh, as being in downtown LA is a draw, but what else, what else did you see? Because as, as, as I did, well, I was drawn in. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh what they did they got it right from the get-go they involved the community first um the fans came first um and you know from the first game on the atmosphere at bank of california stadium is just amazing I, I couldn't say that for for the stadium down in carson whatever name it goes by now but you know i think it was the home depot center way back then um and, and just i don't know everything about it to me it felt like it was like going to the Galaxy. I mean, I was a fan and I'm a big football fan. And, and actually, when I when I got my Galaxy season tickets, it was the day David Beckham signed. And as we've talked about before, I'm a big Man United supporter. So David Beckham coming to L.A. was a huge deal for me. So that was the day. The day he signed, I got my L.A. Uh, Galaxy season tickets. Um, but it was always, I mean, I hate to say it, it was always quite poorly run. And they didn't really, it didn't feel like a community to me. It felt like a kind of disparate sort of some LA people and then a whole bunch of Orange County people. So it was a weird kind of mixture and I didn't quite know where I fit in. Um, you know, I was in the season ticket sort of, not the club section, but the one sort of same, same kind of thing I am now, but, but they, were, they, they were kind of fans, but not, they didn't know that much about football. So it was, it was weird. And then I go to LAFC and, and everyone knows about football. And, and for an Englishman, it's it's gratifying because it's annoying when, you know, I'm sitting, used to sit at the Galaxy and so many people around me really didn't know what was going on. You know, this is their, you know, soccer is not their first game. And um, certainly at LAFC, you feel that these are real football supporters, football in the English sense, that is. Yeah. 
and, and, and I, look, we always look for the, the lead from the English side, but, you know, as an American, I always wanted to, I want to be sophisticated in this sport. And I've been in it a long time, but didn't want to, to fake it. And, uh, but it's, it's immersed now as this sport has kind of put an umbrella all over us and um, we can have these conversations and it's the universal language of sport. And we want to primarily, there's, you're an Englishman involved in major league soccer, but it's close. It's felt closer than ever in my 25 years covering this sport. Uh, that's, I guess that collaboration between the, the fans. Yeah, no, without question. I mean, the atmosphere is wonderful. I mean, even, you know, I mean, I, I bring, when I come to the games, I have four season tickets. I bring my godson and, and our guitar player, um, Charlton. And uh, my daughter, my eldest daughter, who now unfortunately is is off in uh, Ohio, so her nearest team is actually Columbus, but um, she's at college now. So I don't know what I'm doing with that seat. I mean, she'll come to the games when she comes back. But um, even the times when, um, like Charlton and Harry, my friend and godson, couldn't come and I bring my wife, who just hates sports, full stop. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, like I, I brought her for Mother's Day. <laughs> um, she just got into the atmosphere. She know yes. like when I'm when I'm watching games here, even um, you know because they do have even with the pandemic, they still have the crowd cheering. You know which they do, I believe, in the stadium. I haven't been there, but I, I, do they play it over the speakers? They right? do they, within, and like sometimes they have stadiums and they play it over the TV networks. But this one here at Bank of Calvary, they play it yeah. within, and it's actually a, I've I've grown to enjoy it the, the three or four times I've been at the stadium. Yeah, so even when I'm watching that, you know. I mean, you'll be getting the LAFC bits and, and Frances, my wife, will be joining in. But I mean, she has a special liking for that particular chant because her last name is Pennington. So it's to her, it's LAFP. <laughs> They're cheering for her. But, um, but even the ooh, ah, ooh, all those, she knows them all because that's, you know, she was there and experienced how exciting it is. And, and people that aren't soccer supporters get excited by going there, I think. And everything's odd. The supporters, the 3252, have this on a clock. So you almost anticipate when the yeah. the call to arms or the jump for LA football club. And I but that's what it's all about, Kurt. Because my honestly, I am the only sports fan in my family. My father, my brother likes sports. My father doesn't know anything. My wife supports it, but when she goes, she has that same reaction when I take her, and she's this is an event and she loves everything about it. So every time I bring her, she goes, I'm in. My son doesn't know, doesn't really care for it. I don't force it on him. But when they're there, they are engaged, and it makes a, a tremendous difference. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, the, and and I've um, tweeted the you know the Jump for LA Football Club chant with and filmed the audience, the, the filmed the, the thirty two fifty two doing it, and um, and even English people that follow me are like, oh my god, that's amazing, you know. And these are real English soccer supporters, and, and they're like, what a fantastic atmosphere. The stadium, because what's amazing, I always like to go where you guys are at the field club and down there, yeah. it's it's like Grand Central Station before the game. People are walking, conversing, yeah. having football conversations, talking about the team. And again, I've been in this a long time. I've never seen that. So when you, your yeah. reaction to your day, just the day to day of coming to the stadium on a game day. Well, I mean, it's that you, you come and, you know, I, I mean, I, I see familiar faces when I'm there. Um, I mean, for me, what was interesting is, like I said, when I was at, at, at the Galaxy, um, I always felt these these were not my people. 
kind of thing. I don't know. I, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but but it's tribal. Think, Soccer is football. Yeah, and it's like I didn't feel part of that community particularly. And then I come to LAFC, and I see people I know, you know, or have become friends since. I mean, my first game there, my kid's doctor has seats, like just literally a few rows behind me, just over the other side. So, I mean, I see her every time I'm there. I see people I know. I mean, now, obviously I know you, I see you there quite often. And there, you know, I just see a lot of, a lot of people from the music industry that go there um, that I know. Um, so you, you feel a part of it. I mean, when I went to the, cause there was, there's a club at the Galaxy as well. And I never actually joined that because I went there before buying my tickets. And it was just kind of empty. And it's and in the end zone seats, too. Well, it's at the end zone in the club. And and it was normally kind of empty-ish because then when you went to the club seats, most games, those club seats are empty. They're empty until you get to the playoffs. And then people start coming. And it's just, I, I, I didn't want to sit over there. So I actually sat on the other side with more fan fans because then I wouldn't be sitting next to empty seats every game. Is it, that is more of an after game thing, but then you're here to watch the game and obviously yeah. you want a, a good seat. And there's not a bad seat at, at Bank of California Stadium. But where that is, where you're at the, at the midfield stripe is fantastic. You see the players come out. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's something. No, I always want to be around. I always want to be around the halfway line. So I get a good view of the whole pitch, no matter what half <laughs> it is. And, I, and, and not too close. I mean, we actually did do a couple of sitting on the field bits and I found that too close because I don't get a, an overview of, of the game, you know. A hundred percent agree. So, yeah, I, I, we had the perfect seats. It's, 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 it's always great to be there. And, and whatever, I think that, you know, the design of the stadium is amazing one thing i mean just to look at it looks fantastic and whatever they did with the acoustics someone spent some time building that stadium so it's noisy on the inside la galaxy was never noisy like the sort of raucous fan end is in the open air so it would just kind of disperse it wouldn't echo around the ground and the design has really helped the atmosphere at lafc i think i'm going to circle back with some Current day LAFCs, I know you've been tuning into the games on YouTube yeah. TV to watch what's been going on, but I want to go back to your fandom and how how this sport shaped you because this it's a big part, uh, obviously, as it is today and uh, growing up as a Manchester United fan. So what were your early memories of watching Manchester United, watching the sport, and what made you fall in love with it? Well, I mean, my, my earliest, you know, as I've discussed with you before, is George Best. You know, that's my earliest memories of watching football and going, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, but it's sort of ingrained in you in, in England and, and most of the world. I mean, this is the sport we watch the most. Um, and especially if you're working class. And it's interesting to try and explain that to Americans because it's um, there's definitely a class system in England. So posh people like the upper class, they watch cricket, they watch tennis, football and all rugby. Rugby is an upper-class game, believe it or not, it is. And that's how it started. Rugby started be because football was a complete working-class game. And rugby was rugby public school, private school, for, made this game so they didn't have to play with the commoners. Um, that's, that's the start of rugby. It was so they didn't have to play football. They had their own game. Um, so it was always a, a, a sport for common people. And so that's how I grew up with it. I grew up on a housing estate in England, the projects as you would call them here and we all played that's what we did from the get-go I mean my you know my earliest memories 
Luckily, I was just old enough, but were early United games. And of course, England won winning the World Cup when I was five years old. Um, so it was a good time to be a supporter back then. Of course, things have changed a bit since those days. but Getting better, though. But do you remember no, that? Definitely getting better. You yeah. remember that at five years old. Do you remember do. being five yeah. and seeing that euphoria in the country? Yeah, watching it on the black and white TV. Yeah. I mean, it's only later, in later years, I realized that England were wearing a color, you know, because we only had a black and white TV. Um, but the whole of England went nuts. Um, oh. You know, it, it was it was like, you know, winning a war or something. It was it was that big a deal. People were dancing in the streets. I mean, it was crazy. And your lure to Manchester United, you said, was George Best. And as I was telling you before we hit the air, yeah. he was a teammate in the LA Aztecs with our academy director, Todd Saldana. And he said, you know, because George Best, un unfortunately, when people bring him up, they bring up the drinking, which is completely unfortunate. And, and obviously the playing, they go, well, this was part of it. But, you know, these kind of stories get get lost in uh, what he is. Yeah, the playing definitely was not a part of it. I mean, the guy was just one of the, well, I mean, Pele still calls him the best footballer that ever lived. And, and if you see some highlights of, you know, just, just, you, just, just go to YouTube and type in George Best and you'll see how just ridiculously good he was. Um, and, and I mean, going round, there was, what was the game? What was the team he played for? The Cosmos, wasn't it back then in New he York? He played for the Aztecs and he played the Aztecs. for the Lauderdale Strikers. And I think it was the, he oh, played for the Strikers right. with the goal that you were going to, that you're referring to. Right, that's right. The goal that where he went around like five players in the box, <laughs> which was just ridiculous. Uh, and no one could get near him. It, it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I was kind of youngish. I remember George Best. It was an FA Cup game. They were playing a small team called Northampton Town and, and we won 8-2. And George Best scored six of the goals. And it was, you know, it was things like that that I remember quite vividly when I was young. Remarkable, because those are the things, our score lines, where you were, what yes. you were wearing when you're watching sporting events. It's such a, it's such a powerful force, and uh, I'm yeah. happy to have it in my life because it, it kind of keeps me on, on the straight and narrow. Well, and also it takes, yeah, I mean, it gives you, I mean, which was what football was always intended for, I think. Um, it, it gives you an escape from, you know, everyday life. And, and when I say that, you know, it's very much a working man's game in England, um, it was that. It was the sort of the drudgery of everyday life, but you got to look forward to a Saturday when you went to a game or, well, you couldn't watch a game on TV then, but um, unless there were sort of midweek games, some games were televised, but you had to actually go to the game. Um, I couldn't go to Manchester United games because I lived in Bath, but which is a long way from Manchester. Yeah. But, uh, but I was a Man United sport because my mum came, my mother came from Manchester. So she brought us up. She actually knew a few of the team that were killed in the Munich air crash. She knew Duncan Edwards and a couple of the other players. Um, so she actually knew some of the team that were killed in the Munich air crash before I was born. Um, so we were sort of brought up you know, at, from an early age, me and my, both my brothers. So that's three brothers and we're all Manchester United supporters. And obviously Manchester United has become such a massive brand. It's got global supporters, but a lot of English men and women I talk to have a similar story. I wasn't from Manchester, but I was a Manchester United fan. Uh, it yeah. says a lot about the, the importance of that club. Well, I think, I think it actually says a lot about George Best. It's interesting, you know, because, because of the cult of that personality and the same will be, can be said for the sort of how uh, U.S. soccer has taken off, really down to David Beckham. I mean, let's not take anything away from him. None. When those kind of stars come in, and you, you get hooked into it, it then becomes a big selling point. And, and uh, 
I think David Beckham did an enormous amount for the game in, in America. And not only that, he didn't come here to retire. He just didn't. I mean, if you ever watched a Galaxy game, he'd be screaming at the rest of the team because he's the one that's running his ass off all the time. I mean, he's, he's never, you can never confuse Beckham with a lazy footballer. I have David Beckham, to me, his influence cannot be gauged. Uh, and uh, to your point, he won two championships with the Galaxy. And Grant Wall has a book. And it's interesting because he benefited everybody because MLS was putting their teams in hotels, kind of off the beaten path, eating places, eating stuff they shouldn't eat. And he put his foot down. And from that day forward, MLS players stay at nice hotels. They dine well, and that all changed. So uh, we, everyone owes a debt of gratitude to David Beckham, yeah, just, who covered this league. Just for the decent food. <laughs> so they don't have to go to IHOP anymore. <laughs> but they, he, he referenced the hotel in Braintree, Massachusetts. And I used to cover the league, and I'd go there. And I remember the food was, was rough, but I wasn't in the position to complain. I couldn't lean on David Beckham, but yeah. I remember it yeah. well. So uh, as we, we pivot to LAFC, um, so you've, you've, you're, now a, you're now a supporter, you're going to the games. The next step is kind of de- building this history and, and seeing this. So when you, games that you've enjoyed, performances that you've enjoyed at the bank or watching it on TV, what is, what is on TV? Well, is- I, I normally enjoy most. I mean, this season has been weird, obviously, because, I mean, as you know, when I'm sending you messages every game. It seems like whether it's because of lack of crowd. I mean, I understand why. Um, just, you know, lack of focus, whatever it might be, because because it's so all up in the air right now, playing a game. I mean, if you look at the sort of analogy between football and, and playing music, you know, it'd be like me playing a concert with no audience. Um, it's not the same. I'm not going to play my best. You feed off the crowd. Um, so this season has been, you know, I just every game wondering which team is turning up. <laughs> you know, I mean, although they still play, you know, that I'm not accusing them of being lazy, just that it, it's focus, I think. I think that when you have a crowd and when you have a the full experience, you tend to be focused more. You're not sort of drifting off. And, and so this season's games, certainly the recent one, have been so up and down that it's been a little frustrating more than anything but but i imagine as frustrating for the players as well sure um, i mean our you know our first season inaugural season was a joy every game until the sanders game but, <laughs> um you know it was uh yeah i mean i'm not gonna i can't really pick out a special game there were so many you know and and and, and quite a few where we we looked like we were down and came back and played fantastically and the spirit of of the first season was just amazing um and from the players like you know we never we never backed down which was great you know we could be two nil down you know yeah it's not over yet you know it's not over yet i mean that was the sort of spirit of the team um apart from that one game but <laughs> where I, you know i i got a credit you know the Senators were playing well, but um, it, it was that was the only time I've ever really been disappointed in a performance. Have some you, have been some have been frustrating and annoying, but not disappointing. And you know what? It's funny. It's interesting to hear you say this because I think we sugarcoat a lot. And I work for the club, and I'm not you know I, I, I sugarcoat a lot of stuff. But as fans, we do that. And I have conversations with fans, and may, they may not be they're not pleased with certain things. And these are real conversations you have to yeah. have at the club. It's really important to vet these. No, without, without question. Yeah, I mean, my, my main, 
you know, when people have asked me sort of what's your main concern with with the team and, you know, how do you feel it's going? Well, I mean, I always have this season, it's been primarily defensive questions and goalkeeping questions. And I think we can all accept that those are kind of a couple of areas where LAFC need to strengthen or at least become consistent. And, um, you know, as far as an attacking force, we're great as long as we're fit. We have the players, you know. Some, sometimes Rossi can't friggin' buy himself a goal. I mean, the three off the post the other day or whatever it was was just ridiculous. But, um, you know, in general, our, 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 our midfield, if we have Atwaista and, and Kay in, is fantastic. Um, you know, our attacking, our striking force is great. We just, that solidity that we lack in defence can be a bit frustrating at times. And that, when I say defence, that includes goalkeeper, of course. Yeah, well, and well, we talked to Bob. He's like, everyone's involved in defence. And I think you could see that it's, yeah. those well, that may I, leave some I, openings. No, when I'm texting you going, I love Latif, <laughs> but he's not a defender. <laughs> And I do love Latif, although, and, and he does fine. In, I mean, when I, when, but he's not a defender. I mean, he's just not big and physical enough to be that, really. I mean, he's a wingback a bit, but, you know, um, and Latif is one of my favorite players, but that's, that's out of position for him, you, as far as I'm concerned. Do you have a favorite player? Um, well, I mean, there's a few. I mean, certainly my daughter, it's, it's Latif, Latif, Latif. That's, that's amazing. People love Latif. He ha- this yeah. is universal. Well, because, because he has that passion. Yeah. He doesn't stop. You know, he's the Duracell bunny. He, he just doesn't stop ever. Um, and as far as passion goes, yeah, Latif's one of my favorite players. I think the, our strength lies with Atwester and Kay when they're both fully fit. Um, I mean, I, I wish, you know, Kay would maybe put on a few pounds and get a little beefier, but you know, cause he's really more of a, in his style, he's more of a Pogba type player, but Pogba's just bigger, you know? Um, but- uh, I love that comparison because I do, you're right. Cause Pogba has to do some of the dirty work in, in, yeah. in that back of the midfield, but he still has to support and connect the passes. Yeah. You know, and I think that if, if, if Kay was just a bit stronger, he'd have that. But um, and Atwester is just a little more skillful, you know. He's he can see things. Um, but we have, you know, we have great players. Um, I think your the branding of LAFC. I mean, because that's something. I, I have this funny story. I checked into a hotel and the guy kept looking at my LAFC hat, and he kept right. looking. I go, he wants this hat. So he's like, you know, I always ask for a late checkout. I go, hey, can I? He goes, can I get a late checkout? They go, oh, let me see for a second. He goes, oh no, right away, sir. Actually, how's two p.m.? I was, I was thinking noon, but two p.m. is great. And then he goes, here's some, here's a, a, a certi- I mean, my wife claims that I was making it up, but I could tell that this hat and these colors certainly have an appeal. So, I mean, from you know the the Red Devils, they're red, but LAFC and that black and gold, uh, black and gold, yeah, the black and gold is great without question. You know, I mean, with with the. With the galaxy, I always questioned, you know, again, being English, one, the name, the galaxy. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you know, football teams aren't called the galaxy. They're just not. And, um, and, and two, the white with the stripe was never, just didn't look like a football kit to me. You know, with black and gold has a strong statement, if you know what I'm saying. You know? By the way, I've always been fascinated. I'm going to pivot here again. I've always been fascinated about the English um, influence because it's the beginning of the sport. So in South America, they have teams named Everton and they have teams yeah, called Arsenal. Arsenal and Liverpool and yeah. Old Boys and Bo- River Plate. These are English 
it just shows the influence yeah. of that and how each each country made it their own, but they they hold fast. It's just it's a very it's very comforting when I see it yeah. all over the planet. No, I mean in England, you know, we're we're united, we're city, we're FC, you know. Although FC is more of a, an American thing. I mean, because every, every team in England is FC. Yes, I mean, without, without they all FC. Yeah. yeah, they all have FC after their name. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that um, yeah, some of the some of the sort of name choices we we find amusing as English people. But having said that, um, if I think of but I think because in England they're more ingrained in our psyche because they've been there forever. I mean, if you think of you know Hamilton Academicals. Who come? Who comes up with that name? You know <laughs> Bolton Wanderers. What, what are the Wanderers? I mean anything like that. There, there are a few weird names as well. You know, but uh, Albion always gets me. I'm like Albion. Albion. I did, I did a Albion. Yeah, <laughs> Brighton and Hove. Albion. Yeah, Don't forget Hove. <laughs> yeah, well, because there's two little towns next to each other. Ah, yes, but Brighton gets all the uh, Brighton gets all Brighton the, gets all the, the recognition. Yeah. yeah. Poor Hove. And then, weirdly, the Brighton Stadium and the Bolton one, I guess, Bolton Wonders, um, the Brighton Stadium actually reminds me a bit of Bank of California. It's the same kind of thing. It's very cool, sort of architecturally, and, and has a smaller crowd, but really so you get that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I think that's the sweet spot. When you go 18 to 22, 23,000 fans, that's the yeah. sweet spot for a stadium. Unfortunately, stadiums are empty here. And you, I know in 2019, you, you were touring uh, and I know yeah. you're doing some festivals. And then I saw yeah. you with um, uh, Weezer and Rivers Cuomo, by the way, another big footy fan. Do you ever talk footy with him? Because he No, he's, well, he's an, he's an oddball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, uh, we didn't really, I, I, you know, when I first met Rivers was when I strolled on stage at Coachella. Wow, <laughs> I didn't meet him before the show, anything. I met the rest of the band. He was off somewhere. He was having, apparently he has these kind of meltdowns and just not, not meltdowns in a sort of angry sense, in a I'm really nervous sense. And so he hides and wow. then he just turns up when he oh. plays. And so I, I met the rest of the band, but I said hello to Rivers when I walked on stage and shook his hand <laughs> in front of 100,000 people. Well, what a uh, performance though. You would have never known. You would have yeah, never yeah. known. Never met, but but then we met again when we did the um, um, the TV show here, and, uh, uh, and then, but we didn't discuss football. I actually wasn't aware he was a football fan. Well, it's because the reason I, I he played at a couple charity games, and I go because uh, you uh, you go are you Rivers Cuomo? He goes yeah yeah, and I like yeah I like football, and he played he played pretty he played well, yeah. and then I asked him he goes yeah he watches a lot of watches a lot of the sports. So that was years ago, but I always remember it because. Uh, he was there. I didn't yeah, expect any, to see him. Getting, getting any of us to play a game now would be like, oh, no, my knees. <laughs> but I, I wanted to bring up the music because, look, we uh, sports and music are in the same, uh, share the same space. You know, it's entertainment and not, enter as you mentioned earlier, not playing to crowds. And we're yeah. in a transition period. Hopefully 2021 that changes because for me, music, I go to at least 20 shows a year, at least. So that's really missing. And obviously it's missing for you as a performer. Yeah. What have you seen work or how do you think is the best way to, to come out of this pandemic and get to go to shows again? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think you can really do it until it's completely right. safe again. I mean, I don't think you can, you know, I've seen some shows in England where they've segregated people into their sort of pods and a bit like um, Hollywood Bowl kind of, which weirdly is already set up for that. Um, 
but it, it just doesn't have the same atmosphere as people crammed together. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like I'm sure being in a club seat where I sit at LFC is not the same as being in the 3252. You know, it's just not, it's not the same atmosphere. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think until it's safe again, it's not going to happen. I mean, we're, we, we kind of lucked out because we weren't intending to tour this year. We're, we're making a record. So we hadn't planned any touring dates. Um, but now we're looking to next year and we're sort of not really thinking it's going to happen until, certainly not in America, until the end of next year, I don't think. Um, you know, summer seems to be a bit of a push, even though they've, they've, they've you know, now... Um, you know, even even with the medical advances, it seems a bit of a push. I don't think people are going to be fully inoculated until the second quarter of next year, probably. Mm. It's a long time. I hope it's sooner, but I I I I think most I tend to agree with you, and uh, it I can't imagine it going from zero to sixty. No fans, and all of a sudden yeah. it's a full venue. Have no. by the way, have you seen a show at a uh, music show at Bank Account? I haven't yet. No, I haven't. I was invited to one, but I wasn't here at the time. But um, most of the times that they've, you know, the few times they've had them at Bank of California, I think, well, one was a metal show, which I wasn't really that interested in going to. But the other ones, I think I wasn't, I, I'd never been here for them. Ah, yeah, you might be. Yeah. I mean, I was on tour myself. So, you know, weirdly of, of touring last year was, was so and not intentionally done, but I hardly missed a game, even though I was on tour a lot of last year. I, ha oh. I mean, I seem to be home for most home games. Perfect. That's great. Was it the Misfits maybe, or was it Iron Maiden? That Iron was, Maiden was the one. I went to that show and it was spectacular. And it was, I had a nice seat and I was well I mean, lubricated, but it was. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'd, yeah, I think being well lubricated is probably a good move. In that <laughs> but it wasn't uh, the one that I was invited to because um, it was the Lumineers. I think. Ah, okay. Yeah. We've got to get Tears for Fears up there at some point. You, guys, I, mean, I mean, you're feeling Coachella. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they would be, yeah. I mean, one of those things, you know, the dreams you have, you know, you'd like to play at my home stadium, you know, come out with, you know, with Ollie one day, uh, those kind of things. You know. From from your lips to the ears of our bosses here, maybe <laughs> one day we'll see in 2021 or, or moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I, you guys did have a, I want to mention, you had a box set, the Seeds of Love box set come out. Did that still come out here in 2020? Yeah, just, yeah, um, like a few, it was only a few weeks ago, actually, yeah. Um, that came out, it was just an anniversary box set, which which people seem to have loved. Um, we've kind of been busy in the studio, so we have our little, you know, safe bubble in the studio. Well, this is my home studio. My home studio and workout room that you can see the elliptical behind me. <laughs> but um, uh, we've been it's very It's very cozy. It's very cozy. Yeah. I, I think I could do some good work there and get a nice yeah. workout in afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, if you get annoyed to just go run on the running machine or get on the elliptical. Kurt? I appreciate your time. This is a wonderful conversation. And, uh, you know, my, I know my superiors, when they hear this, are going to be very happy because the, you may have given us an, an extra edge over the galaxy with your comparisons. So they will be elated by that. But we, I really appreciate your time and best of luck uh, with, the new, with the new record. And Thank we you. get to see you again performing. We certainly look forward to that. Thanks. Good talking to you, Max. And hopefully I'll see you at a, a game in the not too far distant future. Uh -huh. I look forward to that. Kurt Smith joining us here on Inside LAFC. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you again soon. Oh, yes! They knocked off the 